Okay, wow. Some of my favorite worship songs. Thank you, Amber. Thank you. And thank you, Jamie. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Nicole. Nicole's been doing that too. So, ladies, tonight, excited about tonight, where we need to be here. We are going to be participating in a Bible study time, and I'm going to lead you through. And this has become one of our things that we do every year at Fall Bible Getaway, and we've um, kind of moved it through when we started um, to where we are now, but I'll just talk us through that a little bit. So this morning, we saw that Hebrews 6 speaks of Abraham as an example, right, of somebody who received a promise from God of something better that was to come. And Abraham is a great example of somebody that patiently waited on that promise, of somebody that patiently took hold of that promise. Did he do it perfectly? Nope, nobody ever does. But he lived out his life by faith and patience, and he lived in the hope of that promise. And the Bible says some pretty incredible things about him. I want us to read, starting in Hebrews 6, um, or in Hebrews 6, starting in verse 13. We read some of this this morning, but let's read it again. It says, For when God made the promise to Abraham, since he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you, and I will surely multiply you. And thus, having patiently waited, he obtained the promise. So I'm sure that many of us, maybe since we were very little, have been learning about Abraham. Maybe you sang Father Abraham, right? Had many sons, and we're not going to do that tonight, right? But we've learned these things about Abraham, and we've mentioned some of his basic details earlier today. But tonight, what we're going to do is use our time to really focus in on his story. Uh, last year, when uh, we were going home that day on that Sunday from Fall Bible Getaway, and the Lord gave me the theme of hope and told us that we're going to definitely be having Fall Bible Getaway again, one of the things he really impressed upon my heart was that we would also be studying an Old Testament character. I didn't know who that would be. I love the Old Testament. I know, you know, other people kind of get bogged. I love the Old Testament because I think it's very hard to understand the new if you don't understand the old. And that's a whole other conversation we can have at another time. But if there's just so much, if you understand the Old Testament, it, it would be like you telling your story and you start at 20 years old. And you don't get any of the basis of your beginning. And our beginning is found in the Old Testament. And so I was excited about that. Because at Fall Bible Getaway, we've always been focused solely in the New Testament. And I love doing that too, because that's where we find so much of the, the beauty of the gospel of Christ. But really the gospel of Christ is all in the Old Testament too, right? And it's just learning how to mine all of that out. But God spoke to me about that. And so I wasn't surprised when he very clearly later showed me we're going to be in Hebrews 6 and there's this whole section about Abraham. So to study Abraham, what we're going to do is use a tool that we've created. And I want to spend some time sharing it with you um, and teaching you how to use it. For those of you who've been at Fall Bible Getaway before, or maybe you haven't, but you've been a part of some other things that Established Footsteps has done, you know that we've, um, we've developed two other Bible study tools that we call Bible Study 101 
and Bible Study 202, right? So we did Bible Study 101 for the first three years at Fall Bible Getaway. Last year, we introduced Bible Study 202. It was the first time it was ever used. It was here, and um, it ended up being a really great thing. Um, it was great to hear from some of you through the year as you were using it. And then, so this year, we've actually developed Bible Study 303. And once again, you are the first group that's going to get to really use it. So I am going to be sharing it later this fall with a, um, in an internship program that I teach at my church. But you guys are the real first ones that are going to get to use it. So what it is, it's a character study. It's much uh, set up much like Bible Study 202. And it's so perfect for us to use in studying Abraham. But really, you could use this tool to study any specific character of the Bible. I do want to mention to you, even if you have never done Bible Study 101 or Bible Study 202, you're still going to be able to do this. But I do want to let you know, if you want to learn how to do Bible Study 101 or Bible Study 202, those are great tools as well. Bible Study 101 is for um, a passage of Scripture and if we teach you five steps of how to walk your way through, um, you know, studying that out and really seeing the facts of that and then beginning to ask yourself some questions about it and really um, position yourself in a way to really hear what God is saying and then what he's trying to say to you in that season from it. Bible study 202 really takes a smaller passage and really mines that out by looking at a bunch of different things. So they're just tools, right? There's lots of Bible study tools out there. But if you're interested in learning more about 101 or 202, I'm happy to share that with you. But tonight we're going to focus on 303. Before we do that, I want to take a few minutes just to review our memorization verses, right? Because I know you've been working on them. So let, let's do that together, okay? So if you need to get your card out, maybe just glance at it real quick, all right? To get the first word, right? We're going to try to get through those first two colors, okay? Let me see exactly where it stops, okay? All right. This hope we have as an anchor for the soul, a hope both sure and steadfast, and one which enters within the veil where Jesus has entered as a forerunner for us. How are you doing? Good? Good? All right, let's do it one more time. All right? Sometimes we need to close our eyes, too, because the people around us, although they're beautiful, are distracting. Okay? So if you need to do that, that's fine. I am a visual learner, so I have to see it in my head. Like, sometimes I will do that. All right, here we go. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul. A hope both sure and steadfast, and one which enters within the veil where Jesus has entered as a forerunner for us. Awesome. Great. So keep memorizing. By tomorrow night, we want to have the whole thing. And I know, I know that you can do it. So in your folder, you have two pieces of paper that look like this, all right? They're basically the same. It's just one has some directions on them and one um, does not. So they're right there together, Bible Study 303, the template and the one with directions. So the first one is an, um, is, is got the directions on it there for you. And so I want us to look at it together, all right? Basically, it's just a tool to help you fill in the boxes and ask some questions. And let me just say right from the very beginning, you could create your own boxes, all right? These are not all the boxes. These are not all the questions that could be asked. They're just some of the questions that could be asked. 
This is really just a way for you to get started. So you're not limited by this. And if you're a rule follower like me, it's not like the cardinal sin if you don't fill in one of the boxes, okay? <laughs> now, if you don't fill in this box right here that puts the name of the person, you're gonna be kind of lost because you're not even gonna know who you're studying, right? But so that's where you wanna start, okay? You do want to fill in that name, and you do wanna make sure that they're a person in the Bible, okay? Because that's gonna make it all more than not. But so right there is where you would write the name Abraham because that's who we're going to study tonight on your sheet that's blank, okay? This one has the directions for you. So we're just going to kind of talk through these things. I'm going to give you some pointers. I'm actually going to share a scripture location for you because this is something that I would recommend generally that you don't do all in one sitting, okay? But tonight, we're going to do it all in one sitting, all right? So... I'm going to help you to get started a little bit. And also, you know, we're not sitting with our computers nearby or things like that, that we could use some extra tools as well. So, um, the story overview is where you write out a bullet list of the main happenings in this character's story. All right? So you're not writing like an essay or anything like that. Just a bullet list of, you know, who is this person? Before doing that, it's probably a good idea to read about this person, right? So it's not like you have to necessarily fill all these in in a specific order going down, all right? It's just where the boxes actually fit the best, all right? So you wanna do that. Now, he might be somebody that you really know a lot about his story, but I would recommend probably reading first his story. So the next one says, scripture locations of the story. List the scripture references where his or her story is found. Let me grab my paper because I have already actually done this for us. Um, well, not for us. I did it for me. You're going to do it for yourself. Pull <laughs> um, mine out here. Yeah. So you can see. Goodness. We're sticking together. I've got this one filled out here, okay? So I just did all these bullet lists here, but first I've read, and I want to tell you where you're going to find his story is Genesis 11, starting in verse 26, all the way through Genesis 25, okay? So it's a lot of chapters there. Some of the places, it kind of veers off into other things, but the majority of all of that is Abraham's story. Now, some people, like if you were doing a study of the life of Paul, you would find his story in a lot of multiple places. And the Bible does mention Abraham all over the Bible. But his basic story is found in, those, in that reference that I just gave you. Okay? So it will be different for different ones. Now, what if you just thought, I want to study about Rahab? But I don't have a clue where Rahab's found in the Bible. But maybe your pastor mentions Rahab and you want to use this tool to do that. So there's a thing that's called a concordance, okay? Or I'll just tell you, you can use Google. And all you got to do is look up Rahab and it'll tell you you're going to find her in Joshua, okay? So, I mean, you can just make it pretty easy for yourself. But um, if you use a concordance, there's different online ones that you can use. Or you can be old school and there's a big old honking book that you're going to have to look through. Sometimes your Bible, and you might not even realize it, like my Bible, has a topical concordance in the front where if I look up Abraham, I mean, I've got like two columns on him. 
and all these references. And you might have that. Or maybe if you have some reference points at the bottom of your page for things, you know, um, you can go ahead and use that to find out, you know, where is he located. But for tonight, I've already told you, Genesis, starting in chapter 11, is where you're basically, um, verse 25, verse 26, through chapter 25, is where you're going to find the, the bulk of his story, okay? Now, you notice the other block below that says other references. And you can see here, mine's really full. And I don't even have near all of them, okay? The Bible mentions Abraham a lot. That's because he is the father of the Jewish nation. And God used him so much as a center point of the gospel. And so he's mentioned a ton in the New Testament as well. But again, where would you find those? You would go to a online concordance, okay? And if you're not at all familiar with how to do that, I can help you with that. There's a lot of different ones. Last year when we were doing Bible Study 202, I taught you about using Blue Letter Bible. That's a great tool. Um, I find that getting into their concordance sometimes is a little tricky. So you may want to um, use some other things on there. You just Google search it. You'll be able to find one. All right. Or again, like I say, you can use your Bible. So let's look up here at the top. It says a description of his challenge or the person. You would put their name in there. All right. So like for instance, for Abraham, I wrote his greatest personal challenge was his childlessness. Okay. Now that's my opinion. You might write something else. You know, his greatest personal challenge was, and it doesn't mean, unless you're writing like something that is not even factual, all right? But you might, from a different angle, be thinking, well, I think his real challenge was such and such, all right? So what you're doing is you're inviting the Holy Spirit into your time, and you're just meditating on what you're reading and asking yourself these questions and writing these things out. I also wrote down, because that was his greatest personal challenge was his childlessness, but I wrote his greatest spiritual challenge was trusting God to fulfill the promise of his son, even in hope against hope, all right? So I divided that up, and I put a personal challenge and a spiritual challenge, all right? And you can do that in different ways. So God speaks. What is that box about? It says how and what. Sometimes there might be a character that God doesn't directly speak to, and so you would just write, he didn't, <laughs> all right? But if he did, and in Abraham's case, he does, and if you read those chapters, and even maybe just skim some of them, because tonight in our time, you probably don't have time to read all of that, but you'll find that he speaks to him a lot. So you can see I've written a lot in there. So how he spoke to him, there's a lot of different ways that he spoke to him. Sometimes he appeared to him. Sometimes he spoke directly to him. Um, sometimes he gave him a vision. Sometimes he gave him a dream. Um, there were times you'll see in there that he literally shows up, God does, in the form of, of angels or in the form of three men that I personally think were the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit showing up and talking to Abraham. So there, you'll see it, it varies from character to character, but you can write out some of those things. Obedience, that box is, it says yes, no, describe. In other words, okay, God speaks to him or God's asking him to do something. Did he obey? And so you would say either yes or no, and I wrote out yes, he did, but I also wrote no, because just like probably you and me, both, right? Um, there's times that we do obey and times that we don't. Descriptions of him or her. This is probably one of my favorite boxes, all right? So it's taking you out of Genesis, although not completely, like you might find 
some ways that the Bible describes him. Like Abraham is known as the friend of God. All right, that you know that song we sing. I am a friend of God. All right, that's where it comes from. It's Abraham is called that. Um, so finding other things that are descriptions of Abraham, and they're all over the Bible, actually. Again, how would you find those? Well, using a concordance like that, but unless you've got your phone and you, you really know where to go on that tonight, I'm not going to have you do all that. I do want to mention a couple places where you can find some descriptions about him, okay? So Hebrews chapter um, 11, which is the Faith Hall of Fame, there's a bunch of stuff about Abraham in there, okay? Um, Romans chapter 4 is another place that talks quite a bit about Abraham, all right? Um, if you want to look at that verse about him being a friend of God, that's in 2 Chronicles 20, verse 7. You'll notice that for mine, I turned it over and kept going because there's a lot of descriptions about Abraham, all right? So those on the back of my paper are still that same box. I just didn't have enough space, and really I could have even kept going from there. All right, so those are just a couple, and that'll get you going. You might want to, if you do have access and can use that concordance, that would be another great way to do that. All right, um, identifying. Let's go all the way over to the right where it says, how is his or her story like mine? How is it different? Now, you'll notice that up until this point, you're really looking more at the facts of things, all right, and your perspective on those facts. Here is where you begin to start to apply it and think about what does this mean to me? And that's very similar to Bible Study 101 in that in the beginning, we're really just trying to discern what is, what is the information here before we start asking what does this mean specifically to me. So I would encourage you to leave this box identifying lesson God speaks through his or her story and the big picture as your last boxes, okay? Which, if you're right-handed, you probably work that way anyway, right? Just by nature, that's how we tend to work, all right? So let's talk about this identifying. How is his or her story like mine? How is it different? You want to think, you know, do I identify with them? Do I see myself going through some of the same kinds of challenges or some of the same kinds of struggles? Do I act like that? Did I disobey God like that? Did I? Has God ever spoken to me like that? And you start looking at their life and just laying it alongside yours. So just like this says here, consider this character's story alongside your own. Write out similarities and differences, okay? So you're just jotting these things down. Lesson God speaks through his or her story. This could be a lesson that God's showing you. This could be a lesson that God is just a general lesson for mankind out of their story, okay? So a lot of things that could be um, written there. And then the big picture part says, how does this person's story fit into the big picture of God's story? describe that here. And, you know, depending on your level of Bible knowledge and how much you've been a student of the Bible, you might be able to discern that. You might not. I'll tell you, for myself personally, I uh, was in church my entire life. I went to Christian school for quite a few years. I went to Bible college and graduated with honors. However, and I was married to a pastor. Still am, but he's just not a pastor anymore. He has it hard, but he, um, that's not his full-time job. Anyway, all that to say, it was years after that before I understood the big picture of God's story, okay? And so if you don't understand that yet, don't beat yourself up about that. 
I would encourage you to take some steps to learn that because it will break open Bible study to you in a whole new way. Like, I knew the story of Noah, and I knew the story of Moses, and I knew the story of King David. I had not a clue the order they came in, how they fit together, what they were saying about God sending Jesus. I didn't understand any of that. And I personally, for me, it's one of my um, biggest life changers for me in Bible study. So that question really comes from that. But if you don't understand that yet, it's okay. But when we come back together, we'll talk about that some, and that might be a learning point for you. One of the things that, in my future vision for Established Footsteps, I want to develop some kind of an online course where I teach that kind of course now anyway in our church in this internship program, but I want to teach it in a way that a lot of people could access it because I realize it's something that churches just don't generally teach, and yet it makes such a difference in our understanding of Scripture. So maybe we'll do that at some point. But I did want to just mention that because I don't want you to feel bad if you don't understand that yet. It's okay, but it's something that I would encourage you to work toward, okay? And we'll talk about it as we come, um, as we come back together. So, questions about how to do this. Might seem a little overwhelming, but you just start working your way at it, right? Anybody got a question before we get started? Yeah, y'all are awesome. <laughs> okay, so what we're going to do again is we'll just put on some soft music. Feel free to spread out and use the tables, okay? Um, we do want to keep this as a quiet time, and we do want to encourage you to not be up and walking around a lot and all of that so as to distract people. We'll probably take about 45 minutes for this, and then we're gonna come back together and talk about it a little bit. So, you know, just settle in and, and stay focused. If you got a question, I'll be around, you know, and you're just totally lost. I mean, I used to be a school teacher, raise your hand or just so I would encourage you not to go back to your rooms because you'll probably fall asleep. So stay together, okay? Yeah, we're all tired a little bit, okay? So, thanks, Amber. Did I had I told you about that? I don't. Okay. okay. you about completing it more for my own personal reference, just, you know, getting an idea of how long. When we use you guys as the guinea pigs for the first time, I was trying to figure out. So, and I, I figured you wouldn't be able to complete the whole thing, but hopefully you'll take it home and you'll do some more, all right? And I also want to be mindful that we're all at different levels of our own Bible understanding, and so just trying to get a good balance in there. But let's take a little bit of time, ladies, because we can not only, you know, glean for ourselves, but as we share and some of the things that you found, and I'm going to pose some questions for you, even in regard to some of the other things we've been studying and laying Abraham alongside of those, you know, you'll be a benefit to other people as you share. One thing I would ask you to do as you share is that you make sure you speak out loudly, okay, so that everyone um, can hear you. So we're not going to take the time to review his story. I kind of did that for you this morning, and hopefully you've read through some things, and you're getting a picture of his story. And, you know, every time I study Abraham, I learn more about his story, so it's not like you can get a whole grasp on it anyway. But thinking in terms of, you know, God used him here in Hebrews 6 as an example, right, of somebody 
who did the things that we were talking about this morning. You know, we talked about our part, right? And Abraham is somebody who actually did his part. And so let's talk through some of those dynamics of what are actually talked about here in the scripture. For instance, right, it says in verse 11, we desire that each one of you show the same diligence. As you studied tonight, how did you see that Abraham was diligent? Go ahead. Yeah, you don't have to raise your hand. As he was teaching, as he was going through, um, moving from place to place, and as he was going along, he was diligent in always making an altar. Always, all right. That's something that I keeping God at the front of it. Yeah, Yeah. making sure his heart was in the right place. That's good. That's good. Somebody else. Diligence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, just find this many. Yeah, yeah. When he was praying for Sodom, so it wasn't all about him even, his diligence, right? I think about, you know, just kind of reading between the lines. What about his diligence even in pressing on when his wife was probably going, What are we doing? Where are we going? You know, and you know, I mean, we read about these people, we just read through the stuff, and we don't a lot of the time speak. They were real people. Like, they had pots and pans to gather, and, you know, she was, well, no, she wouldn't have been on her period time because she was too old for that, right? But, I mean, I'm just thinking of the things, you know, that you're, like, having to walk through and think through and take a whole household and, you know, gather it up, and they didn't really have suitcases like we have and electricity and cars and, you know, all those things. You know she had to complain some, and yet he was diligent, even in his marriage, to put God before his wife, right? Somebody else. Diligence. How was he diligent? When he went outside and God said, I'll make your descendants like the stars of the seashore, he immediately believed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that haste, you know, yes. quick, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would take diligence, right? That would take diligence. Yes. Um, when God told him to offer Isaac, he was diligent about collecting the sticks for the altar and preparing the altar the way it needs to be, and even entrusting that he would be returning, you know, leaving the men behind, saying, we'll be back. Diligent to believe God, right? Over and over and over and over, over a very long period of time. Don't you know he woke up many days not feeling like he believed God, right? And hearing other people in his camp saying, what is this about, you know? So, and then the whole Hagar situation and Ishmael and all of that, you know, then having to press through that. Even having to be diligent about, um, about moving forward forward knowing his mistakes are right here you know all kinds of diligence going on with abraham what about this how did he almost settle for less than god's full 
promise, right? Because we talked about that this morning, right? It says right here, we desire that each one of you show the same diligence so as to realize the full assurance of hope. What was his full assurance of hope? That promise was a son, right, from Sarah, his wife. That was the full promise. And that then that son and his descendants would grow to be, you know, this great nation that then God would bless all the descendants of the earth through. And that's the gospel, right? Because Jesus came through the line of Abraham. But, you know, how did he settle for less than that? Or did he? Did he press forward to the full assurance of hope? Or did he settle? Both. Both. Yes. Yeah, somebody explain that for us, just in case somebody didn't maybe pick up on that. His wife thought she had a great idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a different way. My fear of them, my desire to please people, right? Whatever it is, I let that move me um, away from diligence, away from the full promises of God, away from hoping. All right, let's think about this. Remember this morning we read about carrying it through to the end, right? That full assurance of hope until the end. How did he do that, right? How did he have that full assurance of hope all the way to the end? give it away but to to be the one that's doing that right trusting all the way to the end but you know sometimes we think all the way to the end of waiting for the promise we talked about it like that this morning but I think of just making it through each and every day to the end I'm still hoping today right and I get up tomorrow morning and I'm still hoping so sometimes those short term goals are pretty important too like to make it to the end of today and I don't give up my hope and I keep trusting God and I don't turn into you know wishy-washy belief that, you know, I end up walking out my flesh instead of walking in the spirit and that. All kinds of things. He did that. Day after day after day. Somebody else had a comment back here. Yeah. I was just going to say, one of the things that really struck me in this today was his diligence and assuring things even after he was gone. The care that he took in making sure that a wife, you know, for his son Mm -hmm. was not from that land, but it was Right. That, that whole scenario mm-hmm. to ensure that his generations went on. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. I had written something down about that as well in my descriptions of him. That was a big thing, you know, that he did that. All right, let's think about this. Did Abraham ever become sluggish in his faith? Yeah. You know, and I think he was trying to protect himself. I think he was trying to protect her. 
But again, he was sluggish in his his dependence on God. Mm -hmm. He was just kind of like, I'm going to do it my way. Mm -hmm. And he was exiled for it. And Pharaoh was cursed by, uh, you know, yeah. the household was cursed. And so it was just a hot mess. Yeah, but, and that didn't happen just once. How many times? Twice, right? Yeah. Heidi, where are you? Okay. Well, because she said something at dinner tonight. We were at, there, and she was talking about um, the word sluggish and a definition that she had looked into that word further today. And she said that um, actually the root of that word has to do with a slave orphan mentality. When you don't see yourself as a um, child of a king, but you see yourself as a slave or an orphan. So you just shrink back and you don't think that you're going to get anything, right? That you're going to have to work for it. And so what do you do a lot of times? Slaves just kind of give up, right? Versus when you know you're a child of the king, you step into what you know is rightfully yours, you know? And I thought that was an interesting thing. And thinking of Abraham, God had promised him these things, but there were times that he lost sight of that. Like when he was at you know, these other kingdoms, and, and he, he became fearful of all of that. It just fell back, you know, instead of, instead of pressing forward. Um, what is something about Abraham that we could imitate? He didn't quit. He didn't quit. Even when he realized he screwed up, yeah. he had gone down to Egypt, and then again with Abimelech, he realized, I'm sure he hadn't realized, he wasn't trusting God to keep him alive. Yeah. And, but he didn't quit. Mm -hmm. He was like, okay. And he still built an altar to God. Yep. He still. Yeah, that resiliency that we talked about this morning, right? That we've all got to have. What other ways? What's something else to imitate in his faith? His obedience. His obedience, his courage. What were you going to say? Unwavering faithfulness. Yeah. I felt right. like his selflessness. Uh, continually, uh, what, from what I read, was he continually was like, okay, Lot, you pick. Okay, yeah. Sarah, you make the decision of what's mm -hmm. best. Okay, just constantly being selfless. Yeah. Not always, but it was something that I would love to imitate is to just be, you know, selfless in those things. And then right. this, that sweetness comes from laying yeah. your own desires down. And then God blessed him. Right? Yeah. Amazing. Every time he did that, God turned around and blessed him with more. Right. Yeah. So there's a whole lesson in that. Anything else to imitate in him? He was fully surrendered to God. Yeah. Yeah. No matter what. And, and I think his whole life focus was following and believing in God's promise. Mm -hmm. like, even if it meant sacrificing the son. And it was obvious that was going to happen. But believed in God's promise beyond that. Yeah. Beyond the obvious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to imitate the friendship that he had with God, right? Yes. You know, we may not know all the details of that, but if the Bible says that about him, I'm like, okay, that tells me you can be a friend of God. You know, that some people are and some people aren't. I want to be somebody that is, so that's something else. Somebody else, anything else? Boldness in his conversations with God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Struck by that, like, he the things that he, like, argued with God about and, yeah. and really went... Yeah. Yeah. And even to ask clarity questions. Like when God told him, you're going to have a son. He's like, well, do you mean from, you know, is Eliezer, you know, going to be my son? Um, 
that was his servant because he just didn't understand. And God entertained his questions, right? Because he saw he wanted, he wanted to understand. Um, sure. Yeah. Yes. Yes, remember? Right, yes. And sometimes I do think we need to do that physically. You know, um, I listened to a message, I think recently, from Bill Johnson from Bethel Church, and he was talking about, you know, if I was to take you in my house, I could walk you through and point to this and this and this and tell you story after story after story of things that God has done and how he's faithful. And, you know, I know it says in Psalm 105, I think it's verse 5, but it says... um, Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his face continually. And then it says, remember the wonders he has done. That scripture was painted on the wall of my foyer for many years in my house that we recently sold. But I wrote that there because we do need to remember. We need to build those altars. We need to be able to take people through the the places in our lives and be able to tell stories of what God has done. Testimonies like we were talking about this morning. So that's a great thing. You know, to imitate whether or not you're going to build an altar. There are modern day altars that you can build, right? Testimonies of things God has done. Um, what did or how did Abraham exhibit both faith and patience? We kind of talked about this a little bit already, but any other thoughts on that? Because both of those things are important. He had faith, right? Okay, the Bible says the faith that he had, rec- God reckoned, and that means God counted it toward him as righteous. Right? He didn't have the sacrifice of Jesus to make him righteous, but his faith, God said, okay, you're a righteous man. But he also had patience, because how long did he wait? A long time. I think everybody in here is over the age of 25. I know in the past we've had some girls who are younger, but, you know, some of you are barely over that, right? Think of your whole life, (laughs) Waiting, you know, for a promise. And some of us might have been waiting, you know, that long. Or we might be called to wait that long. Abraham's a great person to imitate. Um, and his inheritance, what, what did it include? What we're still talking about. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. What? Yeah, he became famous. He became, he just wanted one son. And now the Bible, one of the descriptions about him says that he has descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. For all you girls who don't like sand and you think it gets in everything, I mean, for every one of those grains, it counts for a descendant, you know? And all of that is traced back to Abraham. He had no idea, right? We get to see the other side of his story. And we don't have any idea either, ladies. When God calls us to, to step into something that makes absolutely no sense. And for him, it made absolutely no sense. None of it. The promise about a son, the going to a place he didn't know. All, you know, all those things. None of it made any sense. He had no clue. Yeah, sure, God had said it. Just like God has said some things to us, but we don't see the scope of it, Right? He didn't, and not only was it just descendants, but the Savior of the world was going to be born through his line. Incredible stuff. Incredible stuff. 
only because he believed in that promise and walked it out. And he's such a man for us to imitate. What are some of, going specifically to this, um, what are some of the descriptions maybe that you found of him that just really struck you? Anybody? He believed the Lord. And it was credited to him as righteousness. We could just believe God, right? What he says. He believed the Lord. Somebody else? He was fully persuaded that God was able to do as he promised. Yes. Fully persuaded. Justified by works. Justified by works. Okay? He didn't just have the faith. He actually did the thing. Right? He didn't just talk about it. He did it. Well, it seems kind of weird, but I think the fact that he was very rich... Because scripture tells us so often that how hard it is for someone who's very rich mm-hmm. to believe in God, and yet he was both. Mm-hmm. And his riches, the Bible tells us, came from the Lord, right? Yeah. Yeah. Does it talk about why he thought it was a good idea to, to say, to tell Pharaoh that Sarah was his sister? It was fear. Yeah. It was fear. Yeah, because he thought if they think she's his wife, they're going to go, oh, she's beautiful, I want her, I'll kill him and take her, you know? Well, so it said that Pharaoh could not take him into his harem right. if he was still alive. He could mm-hmm. not take her into his harem if her husband was still alive. Yeah, so if he killed her, then he could. Yeah, that's why. And the reality was, you know, <laughs> there's a lesson in the, She was his sister, half-sister. And don't we do that sometimes? We justify our ways by, you know, well, she really is. A little bit of guile. Yeah, a little bit of guile. <laughs> we learned about that a long time ago, didn't we? Yeah. It's a whole other story. Other descriptions of him? I said he lived as an alien in the land of promise. I mean, amongst people who. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. One of the, the ones that I personally love is. Um, in hope against hope, it describes him. Abraham, in, ho- in Romans, it says that, in hope against hope. And I want to be somebody that if, if God called me to do something, even if in hope against hope, basically that's like, there is no hope, and I'm telling you, there is absolutely no hope, right? Yeah, there's no hope for you to have any hope, right? And it, it's so, it's like a, a double whammy of no hope. And yet he still believed. And I love that description because that's the kind of person I want to be. And the reality is God does call us into things like that. Right? He does. Any other descriptions that really struck you? Okay, what about lessons? Any lessons that somebody just really was struck by? Maybe you didn't get to that part yet? No? Okay, well keep thinking on it, right? Even throughout the weekend or take it home. And do that. Um, I know for me, as I was doing this, one of the things that I had not seen before about Abraham's story is I did the box about God speaking and, it, and that question, how? And I wrote down all these different ways that God spoke. I think I mentioned it a little before. Like in Genesis 12, he said to him. In Genesis 12, he appeared to him. Um, another time he said... Um, another time he gave him a vision. Another time he gave him a dream. Another time he appeared and he said. Another time three men came. Another time he gave him a test. All these different ways that God spoke. And what I realized is, you know what? 
When I have a long-term relationship with God, he's going to speak in all kinds of creative ways, and I need to be clear to listen to him, right? And not just get stuck in one way that I think God speaks to me, but to have my eyes open and my ears open, all of my senses open, because God does speak in creative ways, and I want to be able to listen. I mean, he had a lot of lessons for Abraham. It's important stuff. Anybody else? Right. Multiple times. Yeah. And he built upon it, really, because it was several times in of these conversations before he actually changed Abraham and Sarah's name, which there's a whole um, lesson in that. If you really study that, you find that what he really was doing was breathing his own life into them in the way he changed their name. We won't get into all that right now. But so much to study. And, and I hope that what you're seeing, I mean, this would just be like the tip of the iceberg, right? So many things to consider. And, and really, you could, you could study his, his, his story for you know, months and months and months, and God would begin to, or God would continue to reveal things to you. So our hope is that, no pun intended, but our hope is to, um, that you know, you would, have this tool and you would use that not only for Abraham just this weekend, but you would use it in other ways in studying different people about the Bible. It's just a tool to help you to slow down and look up things and figure out things and consider things and all of that. We've got another scripture prayer card for you tonight. Um, it looks like this and, the, and it's based on Hebrews 6, 13 and 15, which is what we read tonight about Abraham. But it says, God, thank you. For your word, which shares the faith stories of people like Abraham. Help me imitate his faith, right? And that should be a prayer in our lives. So we're going to pass these out, and I'm going to close out our time. Um, and make sure you get one of those. You should be collecting a storehouse of these things now. We're going to continue with them throughout the weekend, so I think you should have one, two, three, Four, five, six. As, after you get this one tomorrow morning, watch for one as well for doing your devotion. We're going to go into a time um, now of having a yummy dessert, and you can hang out and things in the morning. There, there is not a roommate devotion tonight, but hopefully, just organically, you will be talking with your roommate and with people around of the things that God's doing in your life. Remember, one of the things we encourage you about an open heart is open up and share. And also ask other people, right? It's not just about us sharing our story, but it's about asking other people about theirs. And asking, not just, oh, tell me about your life, but what is God doing? And, you know, we've been here now over 24 hours. So what's God doing this weekend in your heart? How's he changing you? How's he raising up hope in your life? So let's pray this scripture prayer card. So I'll pray it out loud and just pray this in your heart with me and we'll bless this dessert. God, we thank you for your word. We do. We thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you that you put so many different faith stories in your word of people like Abraham. God, help me, help each person in this room to imitate his faith. And Lord, to imitate his faith, I've got to understand his faith and, and study his faith and look at his life. And So thank you for giving us the opportunity to do that tonight. And I pray, God, for each one of us, this wouldn't be the last time that we do this. 
studying Abraham, studying others in the Bible, Lord, that they're not perfect, but we can learn things about how you related to them. So thank you, God, for that. Lord, I thank you for our cooks this weekend, for Julie and for uh, Rachel and Julie. It's just how hard they're working, God. I thank you that they care about making good food for us. And so I just pray that you would bless them tonight, Lord, with sweet sleep. I thank you for the dessert we're getting ready to have. I pray that you would bless the conversations that are going to continue to go on tonight, God. Just let them be rich with meaning of what you're doing in our lives, God. Thank you for continuing to be present in this place and growing hope within us, Lord, helping us to take hold of it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks, ladies. Thanks. Nicole, did you have anything? No? Okay.